Hello. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome to Crime Cults and Coffee. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Bryn. And, and... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have anything that you want to talk about before we get started tonight? Yes, I actually do. Do you? Okay. Yeah. So um, I started this new podcast that I want everyone to listen to because it's so good. It is called Unraveled, and it is with Alexis Linkletter and Billy Jensen. Mm. And season three, I finished all the seasons already, by the way. But season three, I feel like everybody needs to listen to because it's so fucking good. And each season, they do a different thing. In some seasons, they cover cases. In some seasons, they cover, like, topics revolved around the true crime world. Like, season three is called Unraveled Experts on Trial, and it's basically about them investigating the criminal justice side of everything and how the system um, needs to be work on- worked on because it's broken, and all of the forensic experts that go on trial and help influence to put people away like influence the jurors to put people away based on like blood analysis or bite mark analysis or whatever oh my god that's so cool yeah and they delve into how most of these people that are considered experts to be categorized as an expert in forensics while in like going to court and testifying on behalf of that the requirement is literally to have knowledge like, more knowledge than a normal person. Wow. And how all these innocent people have been put away based on testimonies from quote-unquote experts who may have had, like, 40 hours of training in forensics. Oh, my God. That's terrifying. Yeah. And it is such a good season, and I feel like it's just so much knowledge that everyone should know. I mean, whether you're one of these people that gets put away for something that like a crime that you didn't even commit based on something that isn't 100% fact Mm -hmm. or whether it be you're a juror that gets called in just to have like this background knowledge of the justice system and how reliable forensic experts actually are when testifying I feel like it's so important yeah it's kind of like the behind the scenes stuff that like you don't see or hear about but like wow that's crazy I want to listen to it now what's it called unraveled it's called unraveled and this specific one is season three Mm -hmm. but they have I think um I'm trying to think maybe like four or five seasons now Okay. And like I said, each one's different and they cover, I mean, all the things they cover are just incredible. And Billy Jensen, shout out Billy Jensen. I've communicated with him through our Instagram before, like briefly. And I, him and Paul Holes have another podcast together and I just fangirl over both of them because they are such incredible investigators it's insane like the research they do is insane and everyone needs to listen to it 
<laughs> that's so cool i'm gonna have to check it out you guys aren't gonna want to hear my podcast recommendation because it's not exciting at all but it's actually very helpful for me right now <laughs> what is it it's so bad it's it's my uh new boss loved it but it's called Creogs over coffee and it's basically just residents talking about obgyn related things because ah <laughs> of my new job it's really helpful like, yeah that's it. nice so, yeah, I'm, it's like, helpful hearing... to like sit in the car and be able to study kind of and yeah. yeah. No, I love that. I feel like just like hearing that knowledge while doing something mundane like driving, like that's just such a good way to learn. Yeah. With the time you have. That's literally all I did in PA school. There was a podcast that I listened to and that's how I learned a lot of the stuff. <laughs> no, that's so good. Yeah. So I really like it. But check them out if you are specifically an OBGYN and you need help. <laughs> yeah. We'll tag both of these as usual in our shout outs for the week. So you guys don't have to like write this down while we're mentioning it. Right. Because you're probably driving as well. Yeah. Um, anything else? before we get started. I'm trying to think. Well, I kind of just let the cat out of the bag right now. I got a new job. So that is on the table right now. So we're I'm trying to get my footing and get used to everything. But I really like it so far. So excited for you. Yeah, I, I really do like it. And it's away from urgent care far, far, far away. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. But I don't think I have. Oh, oh my gosh. You should tell the story about um, what happened the other night when Axel woke you up. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's very short and sweet, everybody. Don't worry. But we'll still probably be about seven minutes in by the time I finish. Right. So the other night um, I was sleeping and I fell asleep on the couch and Around three o'clock in the morning, I got abruptly woken awake, like awoken by wolf or coyotes howling and yipping, and they sounded like they were straight up in my backyard. Fucking terrifying! Or at the end of the cul-de-sac where I live, and I was so freaked out. And then my dog, he's a black German Shepherd, and but he looks like a straight up wolf. He literally looks like a fucking wolf. I've never <laughs> yeah. seen a German Shepherd look like him before. We'll have to post pictures of him because I was shook when I saw him last. Yeah, but anytime that there's um, ambulance or like police sirens, he always howls like a wolf. But anyway, these coyotes are howling and yipping and he starts fucking howling. <laughs> and I was like, shushing him and I was so freaked out I was like quiet quiet they're gonna hear you they're gonna know where we are <laughs> and he kept how like starting again and howling and then I'd be like Axel stop they're gonna find us they're gonna know where we are because I'm like oh my god they're gonna hear this other coyote well they're gonna think it's a coyote howling and they're gonna come find it so then- every time I was telling him to stop he was just like bug-eyed looking at me and like stopping <laughs> and then he would start again <laughs> that is literally terrifying i've never even seen a coyote in real life but i never want to oh my god there was one right at the end of mom and dad's road like two years ago ew nope oh my god that's (laughs) terrifying nope and it was kind of on its own and like mangy looking i mean it was it it was a little disturbing but um as long as they mind their business i'm fine with them being around but i just don't want them attacking my dogs so (laughs) and there was a coyote attack recently oh my god yeah and they killed a dog 
Yeah. It's horrible. I mean, I think I think my dog would probably be able to defend himself a little bit, but I don't know against a whole pack. Right, like a whole bunch of them. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what we're reviewing um separate coffees today, by the way. Yes. Because we are in separate places right now. Yeah, why don't you go first? The coffee that I'm reviewing today is Black Crow Coffee, and it's the Honduras blend. It comes in a 12-ounce bag, and it says, like, when the coffee was roasted on the bag, so you know how fresh it was, which is really cool. I like that. Yeah, their website is blackcrowcoffeeco.com. And their Instagram is Black Crow Coffee Co. as well. And cool. they are located in St. Pete, Florida. Oh my god, the best. Yeah, this coffee was sent to mom by Teresa. Again, we gave her a little shout out for sending us some Gypsy Souls a couple episodes ago. Yep. And their Instagram page, they have like a bunch of coffees posted that they made in their cafe that look fucking bomb. I, we have to go back to St. Pete and just go to a bunch of places like that. I know, we do. We have so much to add to our coffee tour. There's so many places. Yeah. So little time. Yeah. I'm not going to go into too much about their about them just because they didn't specifically, like, they didn't send us the coffee. Right. And we always like to keep that special for the companies that sent us the stuff. Um, but let me talk about what it tastes like. For me, this one is a little bit... Um, it's a light, it's, it feels like it's a light roast, but I usually like those kinds of roasts. And for me, this one, I don't know if it wasn't, there wasn't enough beans put in to roast it or if like this is too just, light. <laughs> yeah. Or if this is just how the coffee is, it's a little too light for me. Um, it's not like very bold. It's a little watered down tasting it's good but it's like not the best if you get what I'm saying yeah so it's like yeah you just like wouldn't choose it you know mm-hmm. I feel like this coffee I'd probably rate mm, it's not bad but it's not my fave I'd probably rate it like a 5.5 okay all right, that's pretty good. Yeah. So I have a – I've never heard of this brand, actually, until um, Bryn, your father-in-law and mother-in-law, actually gave me these coffees from the warehouse they came in. Oh, really? Yeah. They're um, actually – they're little Nespresso pods, and um, the brand is Pete's, P-E-E-T apostrophe S. And they come for, like, the Nespresso, I think the original and the – virtuoso or whatever the newest one is Mm -hmm. but um this one that I'm trying right now is a dark roast and I'm probably gonna butcher the hell out of this name but it's oh god it's called ristretto I think I Mm -hmm. think that's how you pronounce it um but basically on the back it gives you like a little scale of um like how intense it is and this one's in the dark range this is my favorite out of the entire pack that they gave me which came with like 10 different kinds of pods yeah so this is my favorite one if you do get the pack you can buy it at like costco i think you can get a big bulk pack of them 
and um, it's like the brown pods. So just so you know, if you ever see them, I really like this one. I would probably give it like a seven ish. Okay. Probably a seven. So the notes that are in this are crushed spice, rich chocolate. So it's very rich and chocolatey to me. So I really like this one. It almost kind of tastes like it's like a hot chocolate, to oh, be honest. That sounds good. Yeah. So you can pick it up at Costco. And again, the name is P-E-E-T apostrophe S. Mm. Pete's Coffee. Nice. Yeah. What's weird about the one that I reviewed is mom and Casey both love it. Really? Yeah. And I just, I'm like, it's okay, but it's not oh, is this the one? About. Is this the one that was made um, yes. on Sunday? Okay. Yes. Because we were both together on Sunday and I tried it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, I remember it. I wasn't bit... a huge fan of it either. No. That's because we have the same palette. Yeah. I mean, it was good <laughs> because mom adds like cinnamon to everything, but I didn't think it was like the greatest coffee. Yeah. It was okay. It wasn't bad, but it was just like not over the top great. Right. Okay. So are we ready? I think we're ready. Okay. So grab your coffee and have a morning with us. All right. So getting into today's episode, the case that we're going to be talking about is a little bit on the shorter side, but we still felt that it was necessary and important to talk about. Yes. And we'll also be having a listener story at the end of this. So hold on tight. Woohoo. So a little bit of background, we are going to be talking about the case of Danette Milbrook and Jeanette Milbrook. Danette Latonia Milbrook and Jeanette Latrice Milbrook were born on April 2nd, 1974. Their last name is sometimes misspelled as Milbrooks, and Jeanette's middle name is also sometimes listed as Latressa instead of Latrice. These were mistakes listed in original reports and can still be found written that way on some files and databases today. That's really fucked up. I think that is beyond fucked up. Like, how do you misspell somebody's name on official reports like that? Yeah. Never mind the fact to, like, continue to spell it that way in places when you know it's not accurate. Like, the family has obviously stepped forward and been like no her middle name is Latrice and our last name is Millbrook yeah like that's just disrespectful Mm -hmm. and careless yeah so Danette and Jeanette were fraternal twins and they lived in Augusta Georgia their mom was Mary Louise Sturgis and we'll refer to her as Louise a lot of the time we talk about her because that's what she was called Their dad was John Millbrook, and they have eight siblings. Dear God. Yeah. They were 15 years old at the time of the story and students at Lucy C. Laney High School and in the ninth grade. They were described as quote-unquote good girls and weren't known to cause any trouble. They never misbehaved or ran away from home. So just as like a prehistory of their behavior they were never known to just like run away from home oh yeah and I think I had read that the only time that they ever did have an issue with another kid 
was um, someone that was bullying one of them and they ended up doing something to like stand up for themselves. But besides that, they were just such well-behaved girls. Oh God. I feel like with eight siblings, you have to be. (laughs) (laughs) Or very rebellious. God bless you, Louise. (laughs) I hope. Oh my God. All right. So now we're on to their disappearance. So March 18th, 1990, they walked to Church's Chicken Restaurant for lunch. And basically, just so you know, a little background, Church's Chicken is a fast food chain that specializes in fried chicken. And in the mid to late 1990s, Church's Chicken and White Castle became a co-franchise in some establishments. Burgers and chicken. I've never heard of Church's Chicken before. Have you? Me either. I think it might be more of like a southern yeah, thing. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I had never heard of this either. Yeah. So when they got home from eating at Church's Chicken, they told their mom, Louise, that, quote, a man in a van had followed them for part of their walk, Ugh. which is literally nightmare fuel. I have, I literally just got chills down my body. That's just absolutely terrifying. Something like that happened to my sister growing up, and we actually had to call the police and make a police report. Oh, my God. Yeah. Especially when, like, two 15-year-olds are stepping forward and specifically telling a parent that, you know that it was something that was very noticeable Noticeable that happened. Because I feel like a lot of the time – this is just my opinion, obviously. I Well, I should say some of the time, not a lot of the time. I feel like some of the time – kids wouldn't just like wouldn't say anything about it right because they don't want to like make a big deal or get in trouble yeah yeah so some sources say this van was actually a white van but i'm just gonna throw it out there Mm -hmm. later that day they walked to their godfather's house and this was around 3 p.m they wanted to borrow money from him so they could take a bus to school next week the family had recently moved to an apartment that was further from the school, so they that's why they needed the money for the bus. Mm-hmm. Their godfather gave Danette and Jeanette $20 for the bus and some extra money, which was not mentioned for how much it was, but and he gave her, them some extra money for snacks. So, mm-hmm. sweet godfather. Mm-hmm. The twins then walked to their cousin's house and wanted her to walk home with them. Their aunt said she couldn't, though, because it was getting too dark. I wonder if they wanted her to walk back with them, just like kids being kids. Like, oh, hey, like, come walk back with us. Maybe we can hang out a little bit. Or if they actually wanted her to walk back with them because they were still thinking about that van. Right. And, like, how crazy is it that her aunt was like, no. Could yeah. you imagine, like, she's probably, she, when she found out about what happened, she was probably like, oh, my God. That was, like, her gut talking without her even knowing. Right. That's so crazy. Yeah, because I'm sure, I mean, if whoever, whatever happened or whoever took them, I'm sure if there was one, like, if there's already two of them that are missing, one more probably would have gone missing. Right? So yeah. scary. So, Danette and Jeanette stopped by their older sister's house and were there for about 15 minutes after they left their aunt's house. Their sister was asked to walk with them as well, but she had recently had a baby, so she didn't go. 
she probably feels oh I don't even know I I know I hopefully it's... she knows that it's not her fault at all I know yeah you have to know that Aww. they left her house and then decided to go to like the local gas station down the street yeah so this local gas station was called pump and shop gas station and it was on the corner of 12th street and martin luther king jr boulevard in augusta georgia so right in their hometown i swear every state has a martin luther king jr street oh yeah because where you used to live did in st pete yeah yeah crazy yeah When they were at this gas station, they bought candy, chips, and soda. And Gloria, the store clerk, somewhat, like, knew of the girls. Maybe they went in there frequently. And she said nothing was strange about their behavior. She was actually the last person to see the twins. Oh, my God. Yeah. They left the gas station around 4.30 p.m. And then weren't seen again. It's just crazy that, like, Gloria somewhat knew them. I mean, they were probably in the neighborhood a lot. Mm-hmm. And she was like, nothing was going on with them. So, like, she clearly felt the need to say that because people probably thought they ran away. Yeah. And luckily, she, like, knew who they were to verify that they were in there. Right. Because nobody else would have known. Mm-hmm. So some distinguishing characteristics that we feel like need to be mentioned about Jeanette and Danette are as follows. Jeanette was 5'4 and 125 pounds at the time of her disappearance. She was wearing, quote, a blue pullover shirt over a white turtleneck with a beige skirt, white stockings, and white sneakers. Danette was 5'6 and 130 pounds at the time of her disappearance. She was wearing, quote, a white shirt with an image of Mickey Mouse, white jeans, and black shoes, which is, like, I feel like just the way they're even described with what they're wearing, they're just so innocent. So innocent. And so young, and it's just so so heartbreaking. Like, they were little, too. Like, their size and everything, they were just small. Yeah. Wow. Danette was also described as bow-legged. Um, they were both African-American females. They had black hair and brown eyes. Both had pierced ears, a scar near their navels. Um, this scar was due to a hernia removal operation after birth, which both of them had done. And shoulder-length hair and jerry curls. Aww. Yeah. They just seem so little and sweet. <laughs> yeah, wait till you see pictures of them. They're just so... They're both so sweet looking. Like, just like they were described, like good girls. They just, they're just so innocent. Oh. So now we're going to get on to the investigation. So the family was told to wait 24 hours before making an official report, which I feel like happens more often than not, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, that's what happened. So there's little info regarding the initial investigation. And reportedly, that's because it got lost somewhere. Like, the original police file got lost somewhere. That's beyond fucked up as well. Like, how is it just so, like, careless and swept under the rug is what I don't understand. So, eventually, the case was closed in 1991. Who the fuck knows why? Due to mixed reports. So, like, they're, they're not exactly sure why the case was closed. It's- Allegedly, the original investigator said 
he was told by juvenile case officer that the girls had been found. Wouldn't you fucking check up on that and do, like, proper investigation to make sure that that's factual? Right. And, like, just because of... Right. And, like, just because he said that, this eventually then led to the case being closed and the girls being removed from the National Registry of Missing Children. (sighs) So, like just like hearsay like did he just get a phone call and was like they're found and then he like delete that's it that's the follow like the the no follow-up is unreal i just can't can't, believe it no and i can't imagine how their family felt with all of this right like getting mixed information the family was actually told multiple reasons for why the girl why the case was closed so they were told quote When the girls turned 17 because they had reached an age at which they would no longer be legally forced to come home if found. And that was a Wikipedia quote. So basically, they were calling them runaways and then they were like, oh, they're old enough to make their own decisions. And like, is that even real? Is the age of 17, like, does that really happen? Or like, did they just make that up? I don't know. And laws might have changed since then, but still like another thing to fucking follow up on. Yeah. And I'm sure they would have heard some word by the time they were 17 years old. If they're, if they left quote unquote left at 15, like there would have been some sighting of them or some kind of communication from them. Right. They wouldn't just still be missing with this family looking for them. It's horrible. Another explanation was that the girls were removed from the home, placed in foster care, and then adopted, which I don't understand that at all, but okay. No, they're, first of all, the family would know if the the children were removed and put into foster care. Right, like, that doesn't make any sense. I feel like somebody just made that up. Yeah, second of all, I had read that, um... This was, like, misconstrued from there was actually another family family member, whether it be an aunt or uncle, some kind of relative to them, where that was the case, where a child or children of theirs were removed and put into foster care. And somehow it got twisted into uh, it being them that that happened to. Oh, my God. And yet another, like, thing that got mixed up in the media. Yeah, that was just, like, allegedly that's what where this came from, but who knows? Wow. So, in 2013, thankfully, the case was reopened. Oh, my God. Thank God. Family members continued to contact the sheriff's department over the years about the twins' disappearance, and I'm guessing that's what eventually led it to it being reopened. Yeah, the reaching out, questioning, and push from the family led to the reopening of the case. This was mostly from the persistence of the girl's sister, Shanta Sturgis. She, like, was a huge, huge advocate in searching for her sisters. Oh, my God. Yeah. The Richmond County's Sheriff Office was in charge of investigating the case, like, from that point on. The sheriff is quoted as saying, quote, we think a terrible injustice has been done for the last 20 years. Thank God someone realizes that. Yeah, like Jesus. And acknowledges it. In 2017, the sheriff's office met with the Millbrook family to take familial DNA samples and discuss the case. 
As of 2019, there is no clarification on whether the case is still being investigated by the sheriff's department. Oh, my God. Yeah. Moving into some other info regarding the case, producers of the podcast The Fall Line, which will also tag in our shout outs, helped to raise a $10,000 reward for info leading to the whereabouts of Jeanette and Danette. Which wow. is so incredible. I really that's amazing. Ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Wow. Producers of the Fall Line and Unresolved Podcast, those are two separate podcasts, the Fall Line and then Unresolved, also work together to raise money for a billboard with information about the girls and the reward. Wow. Yeah, because they were kind of I think they were kind of afraid that the reward wasn't being seen or like known by enough people so they're like let's put a billboard up right oh my gosh that's amazing yeah march 2018 over 2500 dollars was raised for the billboard and as of 2021 the billboard offers an eleven thousand dollar reward wow yeah that's amazing january 25th 1993 skeletal remains were found of an unidentified black female. They were found near Shaw's Creek off of Highway 191 in Aiken County, South Carolina. She became known as one of the Aiken County Jane Doe's. So I'm assuming Aiken County has multiple Jane Doe's, which is really sad. Yeah, that is horrible. The Millbrook family was originally told this was not one of the twins. And there wasn't really much information on how they determined that or why they told the family that, but that's what they said. And as of August 2017, there are plans to compare the Jane Doe's DNA to DNA from the Millbrook family. And there is not much more information on that. I don't know if that was done yet or if it's been a long process or if it didn't happen. Right. I feel like they have to keep things, like, from the public for a while if something is going on. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I, like, I really need to know if that happened. I know. Because at least if they can compare to the Jane Doe, then they could at least rule it out for the family's peace of mind. Right. Like, accurately. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. So one of the theories about what happened to the girls is that a criminal slash murderer named Joseph Patrick Washington was in the area during the time of the girls' disappearance. Some suspect that he could have been involved, um, but he died in 1999. So uh, unless there's DNA proof, there's really no mm-hmm. you know, way of saying that that was what happened or not. Mm-hmm. Another theory is that the dad, their father, John, was involved somehow. There are a lot of articles on elaboration on that theory, but I didn't really want to include that in here because that is their family and I didn't want to make any accusations on someone that might be completely innocent. Yeah. So if you feel the need to know, you can search that on your own. Yeah. Yeah, right. We don't want to say something, especially if it's a family member that maybe was not even involved. Yeah, exactly. So a 2019 series on oxygen um, is about this case, and it's called The Disappearance of the Millbrook Twins. So you can check that out if you want to see an episode about that. 
in June of 2021, the family actually hired a private investigator. And this is the first private investigator that has taken on the case. So I really hope that he gets some or he or she gets answers for the family. I hope so. I mean, I just can't even imagine. This has been so long for them. It just sucks that there's no original case files for him to look back onto. Right. It's like, I don't... Like, where the fuck are those? Were they improperly cared for or were they tossed after they determined that the case was closed? Like... And why is it just, like, so nonchalant? (laughs) Yeah. It's really messed up. So this is all a quote from Oxygen.com. Quote, Sturgis told Oxygen.com that the investigator has already uncovered some possible new information and new persons of interest. Furthermore, she hinted the cadaver dogs may be assisting in a search. Mm. So that's very promising, I feel like. Yeah, and that's such great news of even if it's a little bit of progress, progress, Yeah. just only a couple months ago, really. Right. And just a reminder, that quote um, was regarding when they said Sturgis, that was regarding their sister, Shanta Sturgis, the one that was a very big advocate for them. Mm -hmm. I feel like she's really helping to push this case and keep their their names known and keep people looking for them. Oh, I wish. I mean, my sisters would do the same. I know they would, but Mm -hmm. they're so lucky to have their sister doing Mm -hmm. that for them. If you have any information regarding the disappearance or whereabouts of Jeanette and Danette Millbrook, please contact the Richmond County Sheriff's Office at 706-821-1096. And you can also report an anonymous tip at www.themillbrooktwins.com. And we'll put both of those resources in our uh, Facebook and our show notes. Yeah. I feel like I wish there was more information. I know. Like, this is just, I just feel like there's nothing for the family. Like, mm-hmm. this is, it's just horrible. Like, they could be out there. They could be, you know, captured. You know, I just, it's just, yeah, it's so sad. And, like, where do they even start? Or, like, how much information has been lost due to those original case files being gone? Right. Like, how, like, what if there were some really big, important clues or pieces of evidence in that? All I can say is, thank God we have come such a long way as far as, like, investigations go and criminal investigations and DNA analysis and all that. And hopefully properly taking care of evidence. Right. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah just so sad so that's the end of today's case yeah hopefully some answers come about because for this family to not only lose one child but two and for these girls to be god knows where and god knows what happened to them and to not be properly in a place of peace if they have passed is just Mm -hmm. absolutely awful yeah i just i can't even imagine yeah so I am now going to move on to our listener story, which we love so, so, so much. Okay, I'm excited. We haven't Me done too. one of these in a little while. I know. I love reading them. And <laughs> when we get them, it's so funny. We literally leave them in, like, our mailbox, like, our email box. And 
do not look at them until we are opening up the yeah. for the case. <laughs> yeah. So, I have no idea what this is regarding whatsoever. Me either. So this one is an anonymous listener story, just so you know. And I'm going to get started. Okay. After a bad storm we had last month, my brand new car was damaged by a down branch. Oh, God, that sucks. The rental car I was given was almost certain... <laughs> The rental car I was given, I was almost certain my fat ass would break it. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, we love you. Don't say that about yourself. Do not say that. Bust through the floor and be left with with a Flintstone car. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Was stuck with this little clown car for over a week. Every time I got in it. Did even did a little prayer and practically had to fold myself in half to get in. <laughs> Aside from being ridiculously low to the ground and bad brakes, it drove fine. I'm literally picturing like the tiny little like Priuses. I'm picturing like a clown car at the circus where like 12 clowns come out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I finally got the call. My car was done at the shop. Finally, I got... I got in the clown car and left to take it back to the rental agency. I took the same roads I drove every day. I had the local rock station on. They were playing Another Brick in the Wall by Pink Floyd. I love that song and and was singing along. About halfway into the song, the radio was changed to old school country music. Confused and irritated, I changed it back to my station. Only a few words into the song and it was brought back to the country channel. Oh, my God. This made no sense. There was no static, no distortion of the channel like you would if you were losing a signal. It just kept switching to this channel. My heart fluttered. I said out loud, quote, Grandpa, if this is you, change it back. The radio went back to my rock station. (gasps) Tears filled my eyes. It was him. After all these years, it was finally him. Oh, my God, I'm going to cry. Oh, my God. When we moved to the States, Grandma and Grandpa would drive up once every year. Every time he would play this old country station, he would hum to the tunes and tap the steering wheel to a beat. Just to poke at him, knowing what his response would be, I would tell him, quote, how about changing to some real music? (laughs) Quick as a whip, he would fire back. This is real music, not that garbage. Motioning to my CD player on my lap. It was our ongoing joke. Neither of us got bored of. It's only fitting. This is how he decided to communicate with me. Still telling me my music sucks. (laughs) And she put like a little laughing emoji. (laughs) To the crime cults and coffee crew, there are no words to describe my gratitude. This happened two weeks after the episode where my grandfather's story was shared. I believe somehow he heard it. Oh. oh my god, I'm gonna cry. I know, me too. Perhaps the heavens are closer than we think. Tantalizingly close, but just out of grasp. The holiday season has always been hard for me, especially after his passing. It's a constant reminder of the anniversary drawing near. Your podcast has given me such a gift. I can't even think, begin to think how to repay you. To allow me to share my stories and to be given a chance to connect with my grandfather. Thank you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm going to cry. Me too. I am crying. Grandpa, if you are listening, I have missed you so much. 
When you left, the world grew colder, darker. You were always a quiet, observing man, but your presence filled the room. I have tried living up to your image. I have stumbled and faltered, but always got back up after being knocked down. I hope I make you proud. This is all I have ever wanted in life, was to make you proud. I'm so sorry I was not I'm so sorry I was not there for you in the end. If I could take it all back, I would give everything to go back, to hold your hand, sing your song as you crossed over. I will not say goodbye instead till we meet again. Sleep in peace. Oh my god, I'm literally like gonna start bawling my eyes out. Yeah. That was so beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful and he's listening. Yeah, definitely. And I was, as soon as you said that she mentioned the song in another episode, I started singing it in my head. And for those who don't remember, that was the episode where it was the You Are My Sunshine. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't heard that story, go back and listen to that story that she told regarding her grandfather, because that was absolutely beautiful as well. I think I cry every time she sends in a story. I know. <laughs> it's the Same. writing. Your writing is just so beautiful, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I feel so grateful towards you that, first of all, you're able to use this as, like, a way to express yourself and share with others who might be dealing or going through similar things and that you have the bravery to do so and I hope you continue to utilize our platform because that's what it's here for and that's part of the reason besides getting obviously getting these victim stories out there and providing information to help find the victims who haven't been found we also wanted to have this platform for people to share their stories whether it be paranormal or whether it be trauma related like that's the purpose yeah and I'm so like the I'm like overwhelmed with emotion right now just that you're able to do it in such a beautiful way I know I agree I just I can't even begin to thank you enough for trusting us with your stories and to be able to talk about them on our podcast and Mm -hmm. like Bryn said I hope it's helping other people in some way shape or form even if it's just to relate and um I'm glad that you know we got your story out and your grandpa heard us yeah (laughs) I'm so glad me too oh I'm so glad and I'm so glad he came through to you in such a way where you instantly recognized it yes the fact that you did recognize it validates that that was him so don't yeah. second guess it i agree 100 100 yeah oh how yes. beautiful thank you so much for sending that in yeah thank you continue please 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 because i cry every time <laughs> Same. i have like tears running down my face right now right oh, oh gosh do you have anything you want to add to the end of our lovely episode um I don't think so because the the beginning of it was just so sad with Danette and Jeanette's story and then I feel like this wrapped it up in a beautiful way such an uplifting way 
that I don't I don't have anything else to add besides I hope that there are answers found and found soon for the twins. I agree. Yeah. And their family. Yeah. It's just horrible. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add before our spiel? <sighs> I don't think so. I, I agree. I think it ended on a really good note. So I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. That was our something happy for this week. Right? Yeah. yeah. So you know our spiel by now. If you don't, listen. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't, perk those fucking ears up. <laughs> so... <laughs> We have our Facebook page, Crime Cults and Coffee, and that's where we post all of our resources and photos from every week's episode. Um, we also have our Instagram, Crime Cults and Coffee, and that's where all of our um, podcast recommendations that we've talked about in the episodes and all of our reviewed coffees go. So if you ever want to check out a coffee that we've reviewed on an episode, just go over to our Instagram. Yeah. And... Playing upon the note of listener stories, if you yourself have a listener story that you would like to share with us that either you can read on our podcast or we can read it for you, please submit it to us at either our email at crimecoltsandcoffee at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram. And same goes for if you have a case suggestion because we love getting case suggestions from you guys. Yes, you can also, if you would be so lovely, to go over to our Apple podcast and follow us, rate and review on, we're actually on a bunch of podcast podcast platforms, so, but the one that we most talk about is Apple podcast. If you leave a rating or a review, just screenshot it and DM it to us or email it to us so we can send you a free sticker. Yep. And I think Apple is the only one where you could really review But on every other platform, I know you can follow or subscribe to our podcast. (laughs) So do that. So do it. And any little bit helps our podcast to be seen. So we would greatly appreciate it. Share it with your loved ones. Share it with your friends. That's completely free. All of it is free to do just to help our little podcast here. Yeah. And that's about it. I think that's it. So have a good week, guys. And we will see you next week. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook